thinking outside the box and the box it came in the blind leading the nearsighted four out of five doctors recommend not listening this is cash withdrawal and four out of five doctors recommend hey friends welcome back to cash withdrawal quarantine edition day 39 it's actually morning of 39 it's about 3:47 in the morning i tend to wake up at this hour and uh, worry about things so in lieu of doing that i decided to come on down here and give you some notes from the underground since it's been a while hope you had a nice weekend uh it seems like some of the news is better than it was last week and uh i'm feeling good about that on the show we're going to talk about uh getting angry at the virus we're going to talk about trump and why he might be the perfect president for this pandemic. We're going to talk about my garage. We're going to talk about books. But first, we're going to talk about snakes and a story I read uh, in the news recently. Um, I'm not a big fan of suing people. I think people that sue each other are uh, losers. I think it's generally people that... Um, want to blame someone else for their problems and uh, try to extract some money out of them when really often it was their fault more than anybody's. Uh, I've been in positions to sue over the years a um, couple different times where I was kind of screwed over from a financial standpoint about transactions that happened. And both times I just went over to that person and talked to them personally and just said, hey, let's hash this out today. Let's not have this extend out for two years have this dominate our lives and have this be something that hangs over our heads. And uh, I don't want to be a victim. And I'd rather this end today because I don't want to be feeling like a victim for the next two years and feeling that I was wronged. I just want to hash it out and move on with my life. And I think that's the best way to live. There's something very, um, it's not empowering to be a victim. Um, it's something to be very careful about. That's been my experience. It's uh, not empowering to feel sorry for yourself and feel wronged and feel like other people owe you. Um, in any event, I just read an interesting story about a person that owned a snake and uh, apparently they were out of town and they were having somebody come in and feed their snake. It was a snake expert uh, that was coming in to feed their snake periodically. I don't know what kind of snake it was. It wasn't a poisonous snake. But... Apparently what happened in the handling of the snake was the handler came in and uh, as he was feeding, the handler uh, was bit. And the handler sued the person that hired him. And I think it's interesting when this kind of thing happens because you're angry at the person. First of all, you're a snake handler. Your job is to uh, handle the snake. <laughs> and... But secondarily, I think it's interesting because you're suing the person. It's not the person you should be angry at, not the owner of the snake. It's the snake itself. It's the snake that bit you. It's the snake that took a little bit of blood out of your arm. You should be mad at the snake first, yourself second for allowing it to happen because you were supposed to know about snakes. And third, maybe you could be a little upset at the people that left the snake for you to take care of. Maybe they should have warned you. But they're the third people you should be mad at. I mean, get mad at the snake. Maybe you shouldn't like snakes so much if they're going to turn around and bite you. Maybe you shouldn't trust snakes so much. 
Maybe you chose the wrong profession to, to think that snakes were better inherently as snake. The snake did what a snake does, right? And, um, you know, I think there's been so much consternation over and so much anger over so many different people that allowed this virus to, uh, you know, get it, this virus to, to get out there and to uh, create the damage it's done for this pandemic and create all the, all the sadness and all the terrible things that have happened in the last month and a half. And the fact that we've had to shut down society and it's, it's, it's the government's fault or it's the governor's fault or it's China's fault or it's, you know, we've, a lot of blame going around. A lot of people pointing fingers at different groups that should have known better, the cruise lines, whoever it is. And I'm not saying that, that, that these different entities aren't culpable, but who really should we be pissed off at? We should be pissed off at the virus. And so I'm just going to come here and this morning... The sun's probably going to rise any second now. By the time you hear this, I'll probably be back asleep. And uh, But fuck you, coronavirus. Fuck you. See, that's where the anger should be going. Why aren't we more angry at the virus? We're not going to hurt the virus's feelings. It's not politically incorrect to be pissed at the virus itself. There's no argument that the virus itself is the biggest asshole in this whole scenario. Let's get pissed at the virus, number one. And then humans will be human, and they're going to make mistakes. And maybe we can save some blame for them afterwards. But I'm pissed at the virus. I think the, vi the virus looks like a, an asshole right? when you see pictures of it. It's not something I would not frame a picture and put the virus up on my wall. The virus is ugly. I'm sorry. You're ugly, virus. You're ugly. You... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say the virus smells bad. I don't know how the virus smells. I'm not going to go that far, virus. I'm just going to say, I'm angry with you. You're the number one thing in this that makes me upset. The virus itself. You're a jerk. I can't believe you're doing this. You could just roll over and die. And I would. none of us would miss you. Go ahead. And why don't you all infect each other? Why don't you, virus? Why don't you go ahead and just inbreed and just completely ruin your own lives? Maybe we'll put you on an island somewhere. Anyway, I'm upset with the virus. I, uh, a lot of people are upset with Trump. I understand it. But let me just play devil's advocate here. And to be honest, this whole exercise started with me thinking, what's the positive of having Trump as president? He's a buffoon. I think that's been very clear for over three years. In fact, long before that even. I thought he was buffoon when he had a TV show. Uh, it just the, the amount of just ego that this guy carries around. It's it's I mean, he's an embarrassment to hair. He is. I if I had hair, uh, you know, people kind of make fun of guys that don't have hair. I don't have any at this point. Um, but if that's the hair I had to have, I like where I'm at. I like where I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting pretty. In any event, it's all petty stuff. Talking about people's hair and not having hair. So I'd like to apologize to the President of the United States for that. But, because uh, I'm sure he listens to the show. I'm sure he's one of the sixth and the fourth. But let me just say this. Trump's getting a lot of blame. Uh, he's a human being. But let's look at this. What if, uh, what if somebody else had been president that we respect? Um, you know, let's say it was Obama. 
let's say Obama two weeks before Trump acted, act, you know, went ahead and shut down the country and, you know, was proactive and showed more of leadership qualities that we would hope for in a president. Let's say Obama uh, listened to the scientists and the doctors more, and you know he would have. Let's say Obama, um, you know, had a firm hand on things, a steady hand. He didn't go back and forth and vacillate the entire uh, pandemic and, and the entire crisis, making people uncertain and scared. Let's say all those things happened. And I think all those probably would have. We would feel calmer. We would, uh, we would have been shut down earlier. He would have listened to scientists, to doctors, uh, the experts. And this maybe wouldn't have become such a thing. I mean, we, we have more deaths in this country than any other country. Uh, I want to say combined. I'm not sure about that math. But I know we have a lot. And, uh, and it's not over yet. Uh, maybe, maybe he would have prevented some of that. But let me just play devil's advocate here. If he had shut everything down two and a half weeks earlier, do you think that all of those people that feel so strongly, the people that voted for Trump, do you think that those people would have shut down or would they have picketed immediately and stayed out and infected each other even more? Isn't that a possibility? Isn't that a likelihood? Trump is their Pied Piper. And for those of you that voted for Trump that are listening to this, it's fine. I understand there's different viewpoints about this sort of thing. And you've probably turned me off even to get to this sentence. Um, everybody has different viewpoints about what our country needs. But he has a loyal following of people that, uh, that you know, and he says, you know, let's shut it down. They think of him not as a politician who's overly cautious. They think of him as a regular guy like themselves. Uh, I don't, it's confusing sometimes that they feel that way because he's, you know, uh, you know, he's a multimillionaire. But that push that aside for a second. When he says something, they think it's coming from the common man because he's not political. He's not a um, he, he. You know, he doesn't play it safe, and that's something that a lot of people love about him. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. There's been times where that makes me feel good when he just flat out says something that no other politician would risk saying, and that's what really appeals to some people about him. And I get it. I get that. So let's say he says, hey, we got to shut it down. And that's what he did. Whether he did it a week or two late, he did it. And then he vacillated, but still he did it. Those people listened to him and they shut it down for the most part. And then the governors took over. But if Obama had done it, who knows? Maybe there's 50% of our country or the amount of people that voted for Trump. Maybe they would have defiantly stayed open and there'd be a lot more cities uh, that were hit as hard as New York has been hit. So, you know, again, devil's advocate here. It was almost one of those exercises in an English class where they say, make the case for the other viewpoint. And uh, that's the case I could make. Uh, I just took a jog. Uh, I do that. Well, I didn't do it just now, but I uh, did it earlier <laughs> before I fell asleep for uh, an unsettling two and a half to three hours of sleep and woke up came down here to talk to you. But when I took a jog earlier, and I gotta say, everybody's garage is open. Everybody has a clean car, spotless, and a clean garage. And I gotta tell you, it hurts, it hurts. I mean, if I can't, if you can't get a, 
if you can't my garage is filled if you can't get a if you can't get a clean garage out of this if you don't feel that you have enough intestinal fortitude to go into your garage and clean it out at this point it's never going to be clean and that's where i'm sitting right now and i'm feeling kind of bad about myself everybody's garage is spotless everybody's like sitting out in their lawn chairs waiting for this thing to end everybody has just spotless cars my car's really dirty um of course it hasn't started since the pandemic began i haven't bothered to start it um my wife and I are just rotating one car, which you can't rotate one thing, can you? Maybe we're trading off one thing. In any event, I had a lot of dreams when this thing started. A clean garage, not going to happen. Learning a new language, not going to do it. Uh, there's just a, a lot of things didn't come out of this that I thought would come out of it. I'm disappointed in myself. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying, but I, I'm disappointed. I have um, begun the final stages of uh, the No Ticket Required, the Sneak In book, so that's something I'm excited about. So I, I do have to say I've made some progress towards the future. Uh, it's been fun to uh, to get back into that. Um, you know, it's been about a 10-year project, and uh, hopefully the book will reflect that. Um, I expected to read a lot of books, and I have read more books uh, during this uh, hiatus. Um, one thing I have to ask, though, every time I come across the books in my bookshelf, I'm not sure if I've read them before. Like, it's not clear to me when I look at the title, and then I'll read like the first two or three pages. I'm still not sure. Sometimes I'll read a whole chapter, and they'll be like, I read this before. How meaningful, books get a lot of credit, and I love to read, but how meaningful are books if we can't remember if we read them or not? Like, if books were people, wouldn't they be insulted? I mean, if you met someone and you had met them and spent literally, I mean, a book might take 15 hours to read on average. If you had spent 15 hours with someone and they couldn't, and you couldn't remember if you knew them or not, they'd be insulted. I think books need to be insulted. And in fact, in fact, I would say this. If I were a book, I think the book has every right to be mad at me. Not to sue me, but to be mad at me and to say, Cash, fuck you. Fuck you, Cash, for not remembering me. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you're staying healthy. And uh, we'll see you next time. Actually, we won't see you. Hopefully, we'll listen to you. You'll listen to me. Who knows? This is a very awkward sign-off. Good night. Dishai!